0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Shona Ward. So, wasn't last week just an amazing um, time with the Lord? It, just an absolutely incredible time. So, um, I'm stood here thinking, you know, when Pastor Paul said, Shona, could you do the preach? Oh yeah, of course I can do that. <clears throat> right. What do I do? How do you follow it on? Sorry, so I just get my bits and bobs ready. So, encounter audit. How many of you picked up one of these um, from um, Paul Minwaring? Oh, a few of you. Oh well, I I picked up one. Haven't actually done it yet, but but I but I did pick up one, and I thought it was that bit about encountering encounters defining you. Um, and it was, it was unusual in the fact that I'd spoken at um, university um, on an encounter and how um, that encounter led to um, this, the person who had the encounter being differently defined um, so um yeah it was almost like god set me up to do this preach because what i'd done had um flowed quite well on from different encounters so um i've got my notes here that i i actually had to do notes for for the presentation um so i thought oh i'll i'll print them off and then i can you know i can have something to follow um so when I was in, um, in Leeds, we had to choose our audience so I could make it up. I could make up the group that I was talking to. So um, you'll be pleased to know that you're not all women at a prayer breakfast. So you can just be yourselves. Um, yes, you're happy about that? Yes, good. Yes, Adrian's happy. <laughs> so um, the last time I talked, I was talking about a different um, Module that I had to go through at um, uni and how difficult I found that, but then how um, that struggle didn't really define me because I got I got through it and I got back on the solid ground and let Jesus um, define me. So the story that this is all based on, you might be surprised to hear, is John chapter four. (laughs) Claire wasn't surprised at all. Because just Claire knows these things. So what I based the story that I was um, saying on was the word why. So I had little bits on on why. But Polman Wearing Sheet, wherever I've put it in, my, in the midst of all these papers, had some other um, questions. So in what way was this encounter unexpected. In what way was this encounter undeserved? In what way was this encounter powerful? In what way was this encounter relational? In what way was this encounter challenging? Yeah. So then it's like, how will this encounter affect my personal life? And I think when we've had such an amazing time where we encountered God through the word, through the spirit, through the worship, um, it's, you know, like some of us had, Prophetic words given. Some were given them out, and we had we had that amazing um, prophecy tunnel um, where you know it was just like word after word. So it's like taking hold of these things and and saying, okay, what am I going to now? What am I going to now do? So although when I did the the preach, it was all about why because it was you had to do a narrative preach, which um, this isn't, but it, it's a bit. Um, and so it was all about the story. Um, but because of that, I'd already talked about some of the different things that I'd, where I'd encountered God. And actually, when I look, look back, I think, well, that was unexpected. I mean, when you look at the woman at the well, her encounter with Jesus was unexpected. She was just going about doing what she needed to do, and boom, there was God. You know, like I... I um, I joined the Air Force and I talked a little bit about that and how um, I had an encounter in the Air Force that led me to um, marry Brian. You know, it was unexpected. I wasn't expecting to meet my husband when I was out there. I was just living my dream, which was like I wanted to join the Air Force because at the time it was like I needed to get away from my home life, get away from a lot of abuse, a lot of neglect. and um, and but I, but I was taking a lot of the grave clothes as pastor Paul would say with me um because I didn't know they were grave clothes I didn't know that that some of that was wrapped up in who I saw myself um and so yeah I I went out there and it was unexpected when I went out there I met the Holy Spirit that was unexpected because my brethren background had told me that the Holy Spirit gifts for today and, and anointing and speaking in tongues was just not for today. It, that, that ceased at the, at the age of the end of the apostles. Um, and so I, I had an unexpected encounter with the Holy Spirit that just went, boom, lean not on your own understanding, but in all things, which is in Proverbs. And it was, one, it was a verse that was given me when I was baptized, and it's one of those verses that keeps popping up along my journey. Don't lean on your own understanding. Um, you know, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths, which is true. You know, so one of the things that I um, that I used for the why was in um, in verse. do uh, we go. Three. He left Judea and departed again to to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria, and. I remember thinking, but why did he have to go through some area? You know, why, why would he go there? What, what, was, what was, you know, uh, but then it was like when I looked at a map, I thought, ah, because it's the, it's the most straightforward way to go. If you're, going, if you're going from Judea and you're going up to Galilee, you have to, you're down here in the south and you've got to go up to the north and it's, it's a straight path really. It's going that way. So it's like it's like anything on a journey you go. You, you might go on the easiest route. Um, so like us, when we are going up, if we're going up to Scotland, we have our stops. So we have the places that we stop at. So Saika is quite, you know, it's a big city in some area and it was quite would have been quite a normal place to stop. You know, so they're going, all oh, right, well, where are we going to stop? You know, if we're going up to Scotland, it's like, so which service station are we going to stop at? And we've got a few along the road, depending on which way we go. And, and I sort of like think, well, if you, were, if you were traveling up and down that day, like Jesus would have traveled up and down. He probably did think, all oh, right, we'll just stop at Syca. Like you know, there's a well there, there's a city there. We can get some food. It will be grand, you know. And so that's like us. Uh, sometimes we're just on our journey and we're just doing our usual thing. But you know, God sets you up. I mean, one of the things we that was one of our biggest setups ever was going to Bible College, because um, at the time we thought, well, we're going to Bible College. God's called us to Bible College. We'll go there. Um, But we just happened to know that we had to go. Then there was a real sense of no, we need to go now, because Brian was Brian was offered promotion to stay in the Air Force instead of coming out the Air Force to enable us to go to Bible College. But there was just a real sense of, no, God, God really wants us to go there now. So we went, and um, Paul and Kate happened to be there at the same time. Who knew, you know, who knew that 10 years later, at another faith camp, another time of encountering God, Pastor Paul would be speaking about his journey and Kate's journey and how they were coming up here. And as he was speaking... God was reminding me of yet another encounter that I'd had where um, at prayer school, Pastor Judith had said, have you got a vision for your life? And I was going, no, not really. You know, it was kind of like, you know, ha- married at the time, had children, wasn't really thinking about what else was going to be happening. And so she was saying, um, if, if you're not sure, just ask, and God will reveal something to you. So God gave me this, this vision, um, which at the time was really scary, and I tried running away. I thought, hmm, Jonah's got nothing on me. <laughs> you know, like, it's like um, this vision was um, a battlefield, um, and there was lots of injured people on it. Um, not, you know, And then there was me there um, taking these on the battlefield, as it were, helping these people, showing them up to this um, church, which was at the top of the hill, which is quite funny, <laughs> knowing that the summit is on a hill. Um, but at the time, it was like so. I I was pointing them up there, and I was saying, "Oh, that you need to go up there. You need to go up there." So there was this line of people going up to the church, going up to this building, and they came in and they met somebody, and and they met somebody who was like all covered in gold, and it was that's as, that's it was light, and that's as much as i could see and as these people talked, as the people coming up from the battlefield talked with this person they were changed and they were transformed and then they went out and carried on their you know as it were they they they'd got a, a different purpose it was like yes i can get back out i can do what i'm meant to be doing now um and you might think that's not particularly scary However, God then told me that I was the person in the goal that they were meeting. And so I went, run away, run away, run away, run away. And for three months I never even told anybody that was that it was like, well, that's not I can't do that. That can't be God. That's not me. No, 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 no. And sometimes it is like that, isn't it? It's like you 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 try and run away, but then here you are ten years later, and then there's Pastor Paul speaking, and you're just going, Oh, oh, oh dear. I wonder if God's asking us. And I turned round to Brian to say, "Is God asking us to go to Scarborough?" And he'd turn round to to say exactly the same thing from something else that Pastor Paul was talking about. And we thought we've only ever had two encounters really where God's spoken at the same time. So we kind of knew because the other one was in Faith Camp when God had said, "Go to Bible College," where we'd just we were listening to this person speaking, and he just said, there's some of you, he he was doing a preach, and then he went, there's some of you here, and you've called to Bible college. And we just went uh, there, what? Because that was unexpected. He just interrupted what he was speaking on to say that. So we kind of like knew. So along the way in your journey, you probably find that a lot of the encounters you have are quite unexpected. Me standing here preaching is quite unexpected, well, it especially was when I first came here, because I didn't really come to do that. <laughs> I didn't really come to, to um, do a preacher. And as some of you know, um, I argued quite a bit about um, this calling. Anyway, but in the Bible, there are lots of other people who had unexpected um, encounters, like Moses in the burning bush. He wasn't expecting to see a bush that was burning. He was just doing what he was doing. He was looking after his father-in-law's sheep and lo and behold, um, you know, David, when he ended up killing Goliath, he, he didn't go out that day to kill Goliath. He went out that day to just bring food to his brothers. He was just doing what he actually normally did. And this woman at the well, she was just going to get the water. You know, she was doing what she needed to do. That, that was part of her routine. And so she went out at an unexpected time of the day because of who she was, because in her culture, she'd been defined by all the things that had happened to her. But that encounter with Jesus changed that, gave her a different identity. Um, and so at the end of it, she was completely changed. You know? And so my talk <clears throat> here was how about when you meet Jesus, and when you have an encounter with him, and when you have that journey with him when you ask him questions, like she, she was asking him questions, you know. And I, I was joking about saying, well, was she going, well, you know, you're a Jew. Well, you know, do we see Jesus as just a Jew, just a figure in, in the Bible, just somebody that you hear about? Or as you talk to him, does he reveal more and more about who he was? Because there was a journey, a stage of revelation in this as you go along. I'm not, I'm not going to read it all because, you know, it'll take It takes a while. But she asked him a series of questions. And one of them was like, well, you're a Jew and you're asking to drink. You know, she might have been going, well, what sort of man are you? You know, don't you know who I am? I'm, you know, you shouldn't be talking to me. I shouldn't be talking to you, full stop. You know, but, you know, and then he revealed more of himself. He said, go and ask your husband, you know. Well, that was unexpected. She wasn't expecting that. She wasn't expecting that. I mean, she wasn't expecting him to say give me a drink because she was going, well, I've got my water jar, but you haven't got anything. How are you going to get this water? You know, and sometimes that's, that's what God does. He unexpectedly asks us things, unexpectedly says, you know, and you're, and you're going, what, me. But then he provides the way. He provides the way. The water that he was talking about was something so different to what, she was talking about she was talking about water that would have lasted her and you know her household whatever it was at that time maybe two or three days. But he was talking about living water that would last for all of eternity. Um, and so, when she asked about um, when when she said about her husband, Jesus was able to say to her something that made her realise he knows all about me. Oh, I know. He's actually a prophet. Then he's a prophet. That's what it is. And, and they were used to prophets coming and going. So it's like, oh, that's fine. Yes, okay. Little box. Here he is. Jesus is in a box. He's a he's a prophet. That's fine. Sorted out what he is, and I can put him over there, and that's super. Um, but you know, like, but, but Jesus was was just when saying to um, woman, "Believe me." Verse twenty one. We're at. The hour is coming now when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman answered them back, well, we know the Messiah is coming. Yeah, yeah, you know, everybody knows there's a Messiah coming, you know, there's a, that's happening, but you know, but she was still not seeing that that was who Jesus was. And then he said, yeah, I am he. And she's going, you what? And then his disciples come back, who should have sort of like come up to him and went, ah, Jesus, that's, um, that's not very nice lady talking to you do you want us to get rid of her for you um but you know like like, like Jesus's disciples had had known to almost expect the unexpected they were going oh, so what's Jesus doing here why is, what's he doing here um should we should we interrupt him should, shouldn't we interrupt him should we say to him, you you know like you do it first you go, you know like, you know what about, go on, you do it, you, you tell them, you ask them, no, no, I'm not asking them, you, you're the closest to them, you go and ask, you, you saying but they didn't, because they were kind of like thinking, oh, what are we going to do, and, and the woman just left in that pause, and went, now leaving her water, she just left her water jar, now that is just like something you just would not do, you've come all the way out from the city about a mile's walk with your water, and you're going to need that water when you get back, so you're not going to leave it, but she had realized that there was something different about Jesus, and so she ran off to get the, the town, which in itself was amazing because I mean like she was avoiding everybody, never mind running to them and saying, "Come on, I've found somebody who's in Christ, and that's what encounters do they change you they make you, they bring you revelation, they make you they make you change, they make you different, you know and and so when we had all these this amazing encounters at, um, at this. It's like, how are we changed? What is it about us that's different that, that people will see, you know, that make us unafraid? You know, like Paul was talking about um, the fear of the other. And, and I was just sort of like thinking, but there is, there's no need to be afraid. If Jesus is with you. It's like, just let him lead you and let him, let him um, guide you. So it, this story reminded, reminded me of um, Paul, um, Pastor Paul's talk on Lazarus and the grave clothes and how we, um, we come out of the grave, but we also then let others um, take the, the, the grave clothes off. So we come out of rejection, we come out of abuse, we come out of comparison, we come out of sickness, you know, like we come out of fear, we come out of all these things, um, and then we, we walk in an, just with a newness of life because if you come off of those and you've got all the all the grave clothes free, you're just completely free, you're different. You know, and, and sometimes it's like might not feel any different, but actually you can't help be but different. You've met you've met with the King of Kings, you've met with Jesus. Um, you know, and I'm I'm, you know, Sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes I think, oh, these gray clothes are quite comfy. I'll put them back on again. Thanks very much. And Jesus is going, stop being silly. Take them off. Leave them away. Look. Look what I've given you. Look at these clothes I've given you. Why would you want those dirty, smelly clothes when you can have these beautiful robes of righteousness, that beautiful crown, that wonderful acceptance, you know, you are made in my image, you know. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning as I go along. That actually don't run away and hide in the in the grave again. Don't do that. Don't try and put grave clothes on again. Stay here where you can blossom and flourish and bloom and and release that wonderful aroma that we were that we were singing about. So, um, when I was doing when I was doing the the um, the little audit thing, and I was thinking, okay, so what, what, what was it at this that spoke to me? And it was about like. Surprisingly, for those of you who know me, it was the chair bit. Because last time um, Paul and Sue were speaking, Paul did um, a talk on using three chairs. And it was like your past, your present, your future. And how sometimes your past can mean that you're, you're not enjoying your future and you're certainly not looking forward to the future with any, any real joy or hope or expectation and at the time, that really spoke to me because he was talking about, you might, be, you might be here in the present chair, but actually you're hiding behind it. And I was sitting there going, mm-hmm, as you do when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you and you know the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And you go, mm, yeah, that's where I am. I can see that. That's quite clear. That's obvious. And so um, that started me on a journey of um, going to the university because the Lord just reminded me, he said, well, you know, and I'm thinking, what do I need to do to come out of hiding behind this chair? What, what, what can I do? What can I actually do? Um, and he, and he just reminded me that when I was um, a young girl and I was applying to join the air force, um, I'd also applied to do um, university. I'd applied to do history at Stirling University because uh, I just love history, um, and I'd been accepted. So. If my air force um, course hadn't opened up when it opened up, I would I would have had a completely different route, you know, and that would have been quite fun. But, <laughs> but um, the air force was my dream, so when when that came, it was like right, I'm off there. That's where that's where I really want to go. That's what my passion is. Um, and so, um, what was I saying there? I've lost completely lost the train of my thought. Hold on a minute till I get it back. Um, Yes, going back to uni. So God reminded me, thank you for listening so well, thank you, um, that I'd always had that little dream to, to go to university. And he said, so what about doing the, the course? What about doing the uni course? And I thought, oh, yeah. Because when it first came up, it was like, well, I don't see the point in doing this university course. I'm doing what I'm doing, What well, you know. Maybe that's a bit arrogant, a bit prideful, but I just, I just couldn't see. Um, but then I, I thought, oh yeah, actually, maybe it would. But I didn't want, I didn't know that God was saying go and do the whole degree. It was just a go and see. So I thought, oh well, okay, I suppose I could go and ask Paul. Always a dodgy thing. Sorry, Pastor Paul, because um, you know, because you know, like you know that he's very prophetic and he sees things, and he's probably jumping up and down inside but being very calm on the outside um but so we had a discussion about it and you know like and he he was very practical um which which helped ground it it was like yes okay if i'm going to do this how am i going to cope with this how am i going to cope with that what you know um and god gave me some scriptures in isaiah 50 um 54 about enlarging your stakes and your tent poles and stuff. And also from um, 1 Peter, no, 2 Peter 1 where you add to which was quite interesting given that that was, that was um, one of the scriptures that um, Paul Waring uh, talked about. So, here we go. So he says, for if these things uh, no, no, verse 5 but also for this very reason giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, knowledge self-control to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, etc., and I thought, knowledge, knowledge. You can add knowledge, so it was like it was almost like the revelation. I can go to uni because that's adding knowledge, and that's one of the things that you're meant to add to your faith—knowledge. And I thought, okay, but I still didn't know that you know at that point what, whether I would just do the one year or two years or possibly three. Um, but yeah, it was it was like one of those things. So I had this discussion, and and then sort of like set out on that route. And, and it's always just been one bit a, bit at a time. It wasn't it wasn't right. I'm signing up to do the, the whole three three years because that was too big a step from from where I was at the time because I was hiding, and I was like kind of like well I'll kick out a little bit. I'll just kick out the door here, put a little step out there. I can still see the chair. Maybe I can just go back and hide behind it. Um, but anyway, that chair's gone. I'm not hiding behind it. Um, so, yeah, so that, it was kind of like um, exciting when Paul then came and brought this other chair out um, and and how that is what, you know, the spirit of what it is that you're called to do because um, – I know that I know that I know that I am called here. Um, it, was, it was such a big God moment that I can't really get away from it. And I can, I can you know, like maybe hide from it. I can maybe try and, you know, dibble-dabble or do, do whatever. But actually I know that I know that I was called here. You know, like we are called here for such a time as this. So I know that I am I'm called here and I'm called to be planted and I'm called to be rooted and I'm called to serve um, the vision. You know, like with Kingdom Faith Yorkshire has this thing um, called Dare to Dream. You know, like you've, I've got it on my phone. See? So I looked up and it says, yeah, something you'll hear a lot about at Kingdom Faith Yorkshire is Dare to Dream. It summarizes our vision and our passion to be the church that Jesus is building now. The word says that God's thoughts about us are more numerous than the grains of sand on every beach in the world. That's a lot of thoughts. Even if I just hear a small fraction of them, I'll discover just how much God dares to dream about me. So yes, we dare to dream about the excitement and adventure that God has set before us of being a church where people are loved, accepted and restored, where the blind see, the deaf hear and the lonely find friendship. We dare to dream of a church that is grown week by week as people are impacted by the truth experience the power of the holy spirit and see miracles happen we see a church that equips trains and disciples people and is full of god's love where the tangible presence of god is known and experienced we see a church that is part of transforming society and brings honor and glory to jesus christ and do you know what we also dare to dream of a church that is just great fun to be part of so you know that for me is the is the chair is the spirit of the the chair that, that we're at, and for some of you, you might ne- you might you know have a little laugh if you've been along the journey because like there's, there's like um, Nehemiah and the walls, and that's kind of like one of those things you know like you have saying about protecting the chair, and I was thinking, yeah, that's that's us, isn't it? Really, we all kind of like come in and we we protect the chair. We have principles that God is good, that God is near, that I am made in the image of God, that nothing is impossible um those are some principles that guard this dare to dream and so for me one of the things that i've learned along the way is to be firmly planted here is to know know that that is what you're called to do you might have um as Paul wearing said you come with a with a bag and it's all full of things that you've been trained and equipped and um and that God's given you on your journeys along the way. But that, that bag is, is so that you can serve the spirit of that chair but wherever you're at. You know, I loved what you said about the nurse. You know, like you, you're, you, you've got this chair where you're at, and you use your skills and your tools to release the spirit of that chair wherever you're, wherever you're at. So, you know, like it, it, it's like you don't have to be here doing what I'm doing to serve the spirit of the chair. I'm I'm using my giftings and my anointings to to do that where I'm at. And other people who, you know, I know there's quite a few that that are teachers, there's some that are involved in the police force, there's some that are involved in um in nursing in the NHS, you know, so there's lots of people with lots of different um anointings, but you can take that chair where you're at and release um, the kingdom on earth where where you're at and we all serve Like it's all one body that, that you know like and so it was it was like that's one of the one of the key things that i think is um is important for us to grasp that we're all needed that we're all here that we're all part of something bigger uh, but that we have to be rooted and grounded here we have to we have to kind of like almost like yes that's it, I'm making that decision, this is where God's called me, this is where I'm staying, this is where I'm planted, this is where I'm serving, this is where all those things that God has sown into your life can blossom and flourish, um, not just for you but for the, the community, for the, for the people round about you, for the schools, the, the hospitals, for you know every area of society because this is the place where we've been called to tra- change and transform to make the kingdom come here on earth as it as it is in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, for years I've been traveling around here, there, and everywhere. But as Foreman as, um, Waring said, nothing is wasted. So all my time in the Air Force, no, none of that time's wasted. It, it's been used to build stuff up. I mean, God uses my journey, the way that we had to do stuff, the discipline, all that kind of things, part of the team, how to serve a team and that. Um, he's used all that, and, he, and it's helped, and it's equipped me. Um, you know, so whatever place along. But it's been, it's been a journey of, you know, two or three years here, two or three years there, you, you know, what it, as per um, Brian's postings and things. Um, and so when we were up, back up in Scotland, I'd always thought that when I'd finished in the Air Force, and, um, you know, those days were over, Perth, my hometown, or the place where I grew up most of the time, is that's where God would have me. That that's where I would go back, put my feet up, retire happily ever after. Um, but yeah, God had other ideas. <laughs> yes, um, but it's only when you're rooted and grounded, and you're not like a pot plant thinking I'm going from here to here to here to here, when you're actually prepared to be rooted and grounded to come out of the pots, as it were, and let yourself be rooted and grounded, that, that you find that, ah, now you've got all the nutrients, now you've got everything you need, now you've got your place to flourish, now you're part of something that is, that is far, 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 um, far, far bigger. So, yeah, so, so God's been um, enlarging my tent, he's been stretching me, he's been adding things into the mix, but it's because he's a good God who wants me to flourish and he's a good god who wants you all sat here listening and out there to flourish to be a part of what it is that he's doing where where you're at um so yeah so just double check that i've not missed anything so no so that is that is um where, where we're at so I will probably still go and take this um, encounter audit and I will still um, go through it and I will still learn to add to things and I will still allow those encounters to define me um, and not be defined by anything else the woman at the well she was defined by you know someone who'd had so many husbands and the man she was with wasn't in her society. It was very much, um, you, you were defined by your role and by, um, your actions as it were. But Jesus defines us by made in his image. He defines us by, you know, that, that, that I, that we are in him. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. So, um, yeah. So protect, protect the chair. Um, yeah, that was one of the things that um, I thought, yes. Actually, sometimes I don't really protect my chair very well. Sometimes I allow things to come in and rob and steal, steal and, and destroy it. But actually, um, I've got a really good set of relationships here now. They're re- really strong. And, and, you know, people in my life will be greatly troubled, as um, Pastor Paul was saying, and, and kind of like raw you know, for me, they will say, "No, get out of there, enemy! No, get out of there!" You know, you're not having my friend. You're not having. You're not having my relationships. You're not having it. You're not. You're not killing it because everybody here is is so important. Everyone here is a is a key part. And when I see um, the enemy trying to come in and sneak in, I get troubled. You know, uh, one of one of my giftings is is prayer. So I will go to war in prayer. You know, I love zoom and wearing and going to war by having communion. I thought that was amazing. I thought, whoa, I've never seen that before. But actually, communion is that, isn't it? It's saying, no, I'm in Christ. That's where I get my identity from. That is what's happening. And, you know, when we, when we share communion, we, we do the together bit. And, and it's like warfare. And it stops the little foxes getting in that come and get in and try and, you know, the little offenses or stuff like that you know and it's like no 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 we, we stop that and we become mature and we say no no we're we're not taking offense as a as a good friend said to me what she says oh no she says i just see it as a an opportunity to take offense no thank you i don't want that no thank you i don't want that no i'm not having that you know so when you know little things do come in it's just like no thank you i'm just not having that no no, and, and you become troubled. You allow yourself to be troubled by what you see the enemy trying to rob, steal, kill or destroy. Um, because if we have something precious in the natural, we put it in our house, but we don't then let all the windows remain open and all the doors open. We don't then shout, oh, I'm off and the, door, the door's wide open because that would be really silly and very foolish and your treasure wouldn't last very long in the house. So it's like spiritually, um, it's like as we do this audit, just remember to, you know, protect it, put put things in place that will stop the enemy coming in and robbing and stealing and destroy it. Keep keep everything safe um, where you are. So yes. So now you see, like the woman at the well, I have a hope for the future. It's great. It's looking good. It's fantastic. And, um, and so I put things in place so that I can guard that and don't allow um, insecurities or fears to come in and rob me of that. It's like, no, 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 wait a minute. You know, I used to joke I was like Gideon, who had a great victory and then went and hid away in a cave. Um, but you know what? God knows you're in the cave and he calls you out. You know, like when, when the wall was getting built, you had Gershom, Sambalat and Tobiah... And they were all going, oh, puny little lot, what do you think you're doing? Oh, come on down over here. Look, it's, it's looking lovely over here, down here. Come down over here and I'll just show you something. And, you know, all these little distractions that, that stop you building the wall. But you, you have to be like Nehemiah and say, no, I haven't got time for that. I am doing a great work. I am part of this and this is where I stay. So, So yeah, so that was my elong gated version of a fifteen minute narrative preach that I gave at the university. Um, and so I hope you've got you've been able to get something from it and that, you know, as you've heard and as you've encountered something over at this, you'll have encountered God again through the Word and through the Spirit today and you have got some tools that you can use to help um, protect what you've got and protect what God is doing here. Okay, so, thank you, Jesus. Yes, um, it's time to go and enjoy yourselves and have a coffee and share some fellowship with one another and build those relationships. Okay, thank you.